Welcome to the War Room Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jer. Uh, we're here with Adam, uh, where we're going to take a deep analytical dive into two of our favorite Toronto teams, your Toronto Maple Leafs and Canada's favorite team, the Toronto Raptors. <clears throat> we're going to break down the teams using some cutting-edge analytics and determine if there's truth to what we're watching, uh, which is the eye test. Okay, um, a lot like uh, our last episode, I think we're going to focus more on uh, sort of stories that are going on during the season. So what I'm going to be looking at today, Adam, is uh, some of the trade prospects that the Leafs have. Uh, Clearly, the position of issue is defense. Um, where we've got a lot of good offense, uh, our goalie is solid, backup situations not as rock solid, but really a lot of that is dependent on the defense. And uh, what are we going to look at on the Raptors side? On the Raptors side, we'll look at the uh, NBA All-Star selection, and three members of the Toronto Raptors have made the All-Star game. Just yesterday, Nick Nurse got the All-Star nod for coach. Yeah. Based on having the second best record in the Eastern Conference, it's a complicated issue in the NBA. I guess I want to be fair between coaches, right? So, so, uh, so much of their stuff just makes no sense to me. <laughs> uh, and of course, there is a ton of controversy around some of the All Star picks. Uh, Bradley Beal got left off. Yeah. Uh, you well, know. I mean, it depends on your take of the situation. I think the NBA they like the idea of picking players on winning teams. Right. Right. So. Okay, well, let's dive in. So what I was thinking of doing is, here. here's the least problem. Just, I'm just going to repeat it again. I repeat myself, defense, massive issue. A lot of people thought, okay, it's going to improve somewhat this year with Tyson Berry, with Muzzin having a full season. Are we talking about defensively it'll improve, or just as the, t- the group will be better than the it group, was The group year. will be better okay. because, I mean, Barry, um, he's been called by a lot of pundits, uh, the right-handed Jake Gardner. I think he's a bit better than that. Um but he's still an offensive-minded defenseman. Uh, and he's costing the Leafs not too much because in the trade, uh, Sackick took half of Barry's contract, which is good. Uh, you know, so it's helped the Leafs out. They're, still, they're up against the, the cap. But I thought we should look at him because, A, I think there's a high chance that he walks after okay, this year's Okay, he's up. a free agent after uh, this season. And, B, because uh, we need a, a better defensive defenseman that can still move the puck. So there's been a lot of candidates that have been thrown around, and I thought we'd look at uh, the analytics behind each uh, player. So there's three top candidates for trades that we're going to be sort of looking at relative to Tyson Berry because, you know, I think he's the type of guy we want to improve from there. Right now, uh, you know, we might even trade him at some point uh, before the deadline, but I don't think it's going to happen because they've lost Riley, they've lost Muzzin. He's now really, really needed on the back end. So the Leafs are looking for a second defenseman right yeah they're looking for a second pairing defenseman they need some depth there i think they want to re-sign muzzin there's a lot of talk about that it looks like he will Uh, i don't know what number that's going to be at but i think barry's going to command a lot more just because his offensive totals are are you know much better Uh, so some of the names being thrown out we're going to look at uh, three i would say both short and long-term solutions and then one long-term solution so the three players we're going to look at is matt dumba from the minnesota wild Josh Manson from the <clears throat> Anaheim Ducks, and uh, a quiet pick here, Dylan DeMello from the Ottawa Senators. And uh, the long-term solution is Dougie Hamilton. I'm calling him that. He's broken his leg, basically. He's broken. So he's, okay. uh, yeah, he's broken his, somewhere along his leg he's broken. I can't remember, but he's out for the year. Uh, very much doubt that he's going to come back. 
Uh, Dumba has been circulating, uh, you know, in trade rumors for I think a couple of years now, and as the Wild have declined in terms of their ability to be a contender, uh, you know, they're in a little bit of trouble. He's tough. He's not amazing defensively, but he's also got you know a lot of good offensive upside. Uh, similar to Barry, but I would say better defensively and, and you know bigger and tougher. Uh, not by much, but certainly when I've watched him play. Now that's the eye test. Let's dive into a bit, a bit of the analytics, and we're gonna, we're going to use Tyson Barry as a baseline. Uh, now, so let's look at Dumba first. Uh, his numbers, to put it mildly, are not great this year. Uh, he's got his shooting, Corsi four stuff. So his shooting, uh, he's at forty seven percent. Okay. So getting out shot. This is his Corsi four percentage. right? This is his Corsi four percentage. Okay. His scoring four, uh, scoring chance four percentage is also just below fifty. It's at forty nine point five percent. The goals four percentage. So goals that are getting scored actually when he's on the ice, he's at forty five percent. So he's getting scored on slightly more. Expected goals for is below 50%. High danger chance for uh, just above 50%. His on-ice save percentage is pretty low at 90.8%. He's got a low PDO. He doesn't start in the offensive zone as much as he should. Uh, it's below 50. And uh, on both the offensive zone starts and the offensive zone face-off percentage. So offensive zone starts just means he starts to play skating into the offensive zone first. And then obviously face-offs, a lot, a lot easier to calculate. So having said all of that, so it sounds like all of his you know, analytics are, are weak, but relative to his team, they are actually okay. Okay. And Minnesota is an extremely poor offensive team uh, relative to the rest of the league. So he is actually doing better on a bad team. I don't have that number right in front of me right now, but upon investigating it, I saw that he was doing much better. Okay, so it was like relative course C4 would probably be... Positive, right? Yeah, that's well. Again, relative to his team, but his relative team's course before is, is is poor. Like it's Minnesota's long, you know, problem is that they've just never been able to get consistent scoring. So Dumba, I think, is a huge option. Uh, not just because he has this upside to him. The other side that I, you know, I was looking at is, of course, his contract. Okay. Yeah, and now his contract. He is signed until twenty twenty three at six mil per year. Okay, now pretty that, low. Yeah, that is reasonable hit. for what should be a top three defenseman on so, your team. So where is he on the... And he's right-handed shot, by the way. All these guys, right-handed shot. Because okay, that's what the yeah. Leafs lack in a, in a serious way. Uh, where does he rank on the wild depth chart? Is he... He's a, he's a top two for the top them. top two defense. Yeah, I think it's him, Spurgeon, uh, are really the two best defensemen on the wild. Um, I think, yeah, I, that, I would say they're the two best defensemen on there. On their team, but he's he's two, at, at least two, maybe three on their team. Uh, I would say two, uh, but six million a year guaranteed till twenty twenty three. That is a now solution and a long term solution. It's not going to hit the cap as hard. Uh, the majority of the Leafs D is coming off the cap. Uh, you know, let's see what Muzzin signs at. But this is something that should be doable even with the Leafs cap crunch. Now, the reason it might be is because they would have to give up offensive depth. Any of these guys, any of these candidates I bring up, they're going to have to let go of probably some version of Kapanen and uh, a depth prospect okay. or Janssen. Uh, the Wild, obviously, are terrible at scoring, so they're going to be looking for Seems some, like a natural fit. some good offense. I don't think Nylander should be on the table for this kind of player. Um, 
he's obviously worth more to the Leafs, I think, than Dumba would be worth to the Wild or worth to the Leafs, obviously. So they don't want to. I, I don't think this is a, a core type player like Nylander to let go for. Uh, but it creates depth that they really, really need. So you think that Leafs should leverage on their. They got large, reserve, their, yeah. their Their offensive depth yeah. to get a defense. Because again, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times uh, Kyle Dubas, good analyst, terrible at negotiating with top players, clearly. But he's done a great job negotiating with the offensive depth, um, which again you wish he could have done in both, but you know he he didn't do so well. A really interesting pickup here could be an interesting pickup is Dylan DeMello. Now Dylan DeMello is not an offensive defenseman, but he can move the puck. His he's on the Ottawa Senators. Okay. So his, so a terrible team to be. Yeah. Honest. So his Corsi four percentage is. Inc- like oh, sorry, not as course before. All of his offensive stats are way higher than they have any right to be. Uh, so he's got you know he's oh, he's at fifty two percent course four. He scoring chances for is fifty five percent. His expected goals for is fifty six percent. You know his high danger chances for fifty seven percent. I mean all of this without you know while playing on the worst team basically in the league, uh, maybe outside of Detroit. So he is someone who can be reliable. He's not going to be a top three defenseman for sure. He could be okay. your fourth or your fifth. But part of the least problem is they also lack depth. And he currently costs $900,000. Also very low contract. So very low cost. And it's a player that, let's say he performs right about where he is right now. He's only got nine assists this year in terms of his counting stats. So he's not going to be, uh, what's it called? He's not going to be someone who costs you know, $5 million, you know, after the year's up, especially if he does decently well. Now it is Toronto, so everything gets blown up, so it could be a problem. But he is having a very good season for a team that's very, very bad, uh, which is shocking to me. And he's doing that with most of his starts in the defensive zone uh, and most of his playing time in the defensive zone. Uh, He has played quite a bit less than some of the other guys here, but overall, it's not sheltered minutes that he's playing. Uh, And then... The last guy we look at is Josh Manson. Uh, this is a guy that the Anaheim Ducks picked over a couple of their other... They, they once had a huge plethora of defensive prospects. Okay. And when Vegas did their uh, their draft, their expansion draft, they pulled a couple of guys from them, uh, Shea Theodore being one. Uh, but he his stats are, again, not great this year. Anaheim, also one of the worst teams. But... Uh, Again, he plays mostly defensively. He's a great skater. His on-ice save percentage so is below 90%. It's one of the lowest in the league. Uh, and yet he's been able to keep a decent course E4, decent scoring chances for. Uh, it's just his goals for percentages down. So, so, so that might just be a result of the goaltender playing yeah, yeah, terribly while he's on the ice. Yeah. More so than... And I think Anaheim just chances. Anaheim just has no offense. Basically, they they're a team that relied a lot on goaltending, and when it goes south, it's a Randy Carlisle, former Randy, a coach team by Randy Carlisle. <laughs> so, which means that you're going to be digging in defensively and scrambling all the time. And uh, they're just they they realize they're now in the middle of a rebuild, and they've got to start moving in that direction. So, uh, I think he's a great pickup. Another guy again, uh, he has a little bit more offensive upside. But cost certainty. So he is, if I can just take a look here. Yeah, he's got he's 4.1 million until 2022. Okay. It's a reasonable contract. Very, very reasonable. And again, he is a he would be a number four uh, you okay. know, on your depth chart. 
Definitely number two, or or in for the Leafs, uh, this case number Currently. one. Yeah, you know if he if he steps onto the team, uh, and again you you trade for him most likely almost one hundred percent Barry walks, uh, assuming they want to sign Muzzin. Yeah. So out of these players, who do you think the Leafs would like to get the most? A and B most likely to get. So I think that both of those titles, uh, or yeah, both of those titles would go to to Matt Dumba. Uh, just because the Wild are uh, a mediocre team. And he has a history of being a good defenseman. Yeah, meaning he has a history of, of being able to play both sides more so than a Tyson Perry or like a Jake Gardner. So it would be an upside. Yeah. And the team also lacks depth on the right side of the Because of Sheldon defense. Keith likes his defensemen controlling Involved. the bucks. Yeah, he likes them. Yeah, he would and, be excellent at that. At the that. same time, if he can add some defensive support, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, I think the least best defensive right-handed defenseman right now is Justin Hall, who is awesome for the value they're getting. He's two million a year now after this year, uh, but he's not. He's a he's a fourth on the depth yeah, chart. He's not a top right, type Yeah, right now he's playing first type minutes, uh, especially yeah. on the defensive side of the puck. Um, and one more thing I would say, I brought him up earlier. He's been courted now by the Leafs for a long time. His name has dropped out because he broke his leg. It's Dougie Hamilton. He is playing like a top five defenseman right now in the NHL. His actual uh, counting stats are excellent. They're in the top. I think he's a top 10 in scoring. He's $6 million next year. So he's more of a... You you if you if you trade for him you need to sign him past next year. Okay, um, but he's currently injured with the leg injury. Yeah, he's done. He's, he's done. done. This so year. this will just be back. planning for next year in the future. Yeah, like his he's the only defenseman in the top ten for expected goals for percentage. Okay. Uh, so he just got injured a couple of weeks ago, but I mean that so, that is a so he influences the offense he, at least. Yeah, right? and he's, he's six six. Like this is the eye test side. He's six six. He skates amazingly well. He's agile and he's a big dude. So you know, put all those things together, that would be a dream for the Leafs. He also, I think, is like was a Leafs fan as a kid. Uh, but again, when it comes to this, they trade for him. I don't know what they're gonna pay him at the end. But this would be the dream long term solution if possible. He is a, for sure a number one option. On the right side of defense, you know, I think him and it would do Riley a lot of good. Uh, his contract situation looks pretty good now because he's had a bad year and now he's injured. So I don't think Riley's should be worth more than seven million by the time his contract's up. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, those are all the candidates. Um, they need help in this area, no question. Uh, they've won their. Uh, we're, as we're recording, they're they're about to play the Senators. They uh, this is uh, Feb first. They won their last two games. Yeah. Again, uh, not sound defensively. They allowed five goals, which is not bad. But Freddie Anderson's playing well again. Okay, that's that's a so good sign for the Leafs. It's a great sign, but again, the reliance is very obvious to me, uh, which is if he's not going well, this team is really going to suffer. It's I mean, it's obvious to everybody, anyone that's been watching the team or, or, or sees the underlying statistics. But it's just... It's unfortunate because it's it's so dependent on him, uh, and they need to find some kind of depth on the back end. And they've been looking for years. Last year, yeah, Ron Hainsey was a defensive uh, yeah. stalwart. Yeah, I mean he uh, he, he led really protected Riley. Yeah, I he think really he, protected he led Riley. the team plus minus yeah last yeah. year and <laughs> blocked shots or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, and he spent a lot of time on the sh- uh, uh, on the penalty kill. He spent a lot of time shorthanded. 
but you know, and honestly, I've talked to a few people that are like, you know, they kind of miss him. I can see uh, why. He was he was also left-handed, but he could play the right side, no problem, because okay. he's experienced enough. So, was an amazing player. He definitely shouldn't have been playing top minutes, but him and Riley actually made a pretty good tandem and, and managed the puck well. But here, there, there are his Leafs fans. There's you know the the kind of trade bait that exists, and uh, probably the players the Leafs should try and go after. So let's hope the Leafs get. Some sort of defensive help. I guess that's the goal of that is, and they have management. Yeah, they have the uh, you know the excess offense yeah. to make they this have a kind of deal. Of offense. Yeah, they really do uh, a lot of depth there. Even though I wouldn't say they've done a good job uh, integrating it. Like Sheldon Keefe is really leading on the top guys, which is fine. The team is paid that way, uh, but they actually do have really good forwards, at least uh, you know on lines one one through three. three. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that is the Leafs' current situation. They are in the midst of a playoff race. They're going to really have to play well for the next three months and for a long period of time. Uh, And hopefully that doesn't burn them out before the playoffs. They can do some damage there, but as they're built, you know, they can be dominated by teams. Hopefully they, you know, they they figure this thing out and and figure out a system and Sheldon Keefe can, can actually pull them out of a... Sort of a defensive nosedive that they've had basically the whole year. All right. Moving on to better things, our Toronto Raptors. And, of course, lots of talk about the All-Star game coming up. Yeah. The Raptors are on a 10-game winning streak. Yeah. Second longest in franchise history. Right. Yeah. All, the, against the longest, mostly sub sub. I mean, teams. Yeah. I think other than the Sixers, mm-hmm. it was all against sub-500 teams. Right. They have a game coming up uh, tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls, which I mean... Should be a Should be given a victory. Bag. Although, some news today is that Norman Powell is out indefinitely with a fractured I hand. I saw that. Um, so there goes some of their bench scoring depth, which they've Man. been relying on him quite a bit recently. Um, then after that, they have a back-to-back against Indiana, which is probably the telling... That's a huge... Will tell... Back-to-back, yeah. Tell us what the Raptors are. Yeah. Um, so, on a positive note, in addition to the 10-game winning streak... Uh, the all-star starters and reserves were announced this week. And um, two Raptors players, along with Nick Nurse, the coach, made the all-star game. Pascal Siakam was voted in to the starting lineup by the fans, the players, the media, the whole NBA system uh, to start at the small forward position. And Kyle Lowry was put in by, I guess, the the media as the reserve point guard for the Eastern All-Stars. Or, I guess, Team Giannis, yeah, they call say, it. Is it selected by the media alone? I think it's the media and the coaches. The coaches? I think yeah. it's the media and the coaches okay, together. I see. Yeah. So, good for Lowry. That's good for Lowry. It's his sixth yeah. All-Star game. Throw for him. Just statistically speaking, Lowry has been the best Raptor this year. Mm-hmm. He's had a, a little slide of injuries, just like the majority Everybody. of the Raptor starters yeah. or the Raptors' key players. Um... And just looking at any stats, let's bring up um, PER. Mm-hmm. He's up there, I think, number two on the Raptors in PER. Um, he's also leading the Raptors in a stat called win shares, which just tells us the contribution of wins uh, by, I mean, win shares per 48 minutes because you have to even yeah, it out between right. all the players. And he's leading the Raptors in that category as well. So it's a well deserved 
all-star nod. Yeah, the Raps are number two in the Eastern They're Conference. They're number two in the Eastern right? Conference, and, and that's he's the why best player. Nick Nurse or he's played, you know, like one of the yeah. one of the two best players on the team, let's say. Which I appreciate about the NBA, mm-hmm. as opposed to the NHL, because the NHL requires every team to have an all-star. Right. Right. Whereas in the participation revenue. Yeah. Whereas in the NBA, no, you choose the best players, and like you were saying earlier, a player like Bradley Beal didn't make the All Star game, even though I think he's sixth in the NBA in scoring or ninth in the NBA in scoring. He's had a really like Washington is supposed to be like worse than how bad the Knicks are, and they and they have an outside shot, but they got a shot at the playoffs. Very low, low, but 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 still they have somewhat. somewhat It is the East. it. (laughs) It is the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So you can say. Well, Bradley Beal deserved it, but mm-hmm. the Eastern All-Stars, outside of um, just a few, I would say every single player is on a uh, playoff team, team right now. Man. Here's a question for you, though, because I'm so sick of, of seeing his game, even though I think he could be amazing. Does Ben Simmons deserve to be in there over Bradley Beal? I say yes. You say yes, I'm correct. Mainly because... While Embiid was out, mm-hmm. they had a pretty stellar record, yeah. and he was a contributing force. Like ever since Embiid came back, they've been struggling again. Maybe that speaks to that they the should both be on the floor together. Because yeah. um, again, I just don't understand why this guy has decided I play a certain way, and that's not shooting the basketball, and I will never shoot the basketball. <laughs> well, I mean, that's for his position, right? Maybe yeah. Ben Simmons is more naturally a power forward than he. Should than he is a point guard, yeah. right? Um, one player that some people might argue whether or not he's an all-star is uh, Trey Young this year. Yeah, I mean, on Trae one Young side on, of the ball, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, I think, is tied with the second-worst record in the NBA, yeah, or third-worst yeah. record in the NBA. And um, he plays, when you want to say Ben Simmons plays a certain style, Trey Young plays a certain style without playing defense. Yeah. Um, Atlanta's the worst defensive team in the NBA. I think so. Like by and I sorry, the worst offensive team in the NBA, and amongst the worst defensive teams in the NBA, regardless of Trey Young being there or not. So it just begs the question: Does he contribute much to winning? Yeah. Right and. To be a little bit fair, it's not a well-built team. It isn't. I mean, uh, they're they, basically a team of rookies. They they, he's a, he's they have Trey Young and they surround yeah. him with rookies. Four other players yeah. who are under the age of twenty-two. Yeah, like Cam so, Reddish is starting. Uh, yeah. DeAndre Hunter DeAndre is starting. Hunter. Uh, I think Collins is a, a fourth-year player. I think or something. Jason Collins or whatever his name is. Yeah, and they um, have um, they have a few players who should be three-point shooters, but just haven't translated. To the NBA. Yeah, they haven't, basically, they haven't been, uh, you know, the kind of sleeper team that people thought they might be able to be. Some people thought they would make the playoffs this year, but it's just, they don't have the experience level. And sometimes you need the experience level to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, and it it might sound a little bit sort of uh, general when we say that, but their stats across the board are pretty awful. Yeah, so, for example, I'll give you the stats. The Atlanta Hawks are 29th in offense and 28th in defense. Yeah. I and mean, that's using offensive rating and defensive rating. Right, which we talked about. Which we half. talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much worse than that from a team perspective. Uh, whereas Toronto, they are second in the NBA defense. So you can kind of see the difference in caliber between the two teams. And Toronto right. swept the series against Atlanta this year again. 
Um, not even playing that well. Not even playing well against yeah. them, but they still did. The Raptors, though, are 15th in the in NBA offense. in offense. But that can be contributed to, in- to injuries. and. Um, yeah, I, I think that's fair because, first of all, I'm so thrilled that, again, not, not just them. I noticed this with OKC as well. I noticed it with... Um, uh, some of the other teams coming through, coming up earlier than expected, is uh, they're playing defense. Like, when I say playing defense, I don't just mean their rating is good. If you watch them on the floor, it's looking more like what college teams look like now when it comes to defense. Which so is, more of the sets that yeah. are unique to the situation, essentially. Yeah, I mean, the Raps and OKC have played full-court defense early in, uh, early into the fourth quarter. Rather than the last yeah. dying seconds yeah. of the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, they've yeah. also been playing tons of zone defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been utilizing the box and one against any teams that have a single shooter. It's right, right. it's been Nick Nurse deserves to be an All Star coach. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, it also is a little bit embarrassing for the NBA when uh, defensive sets that I used when I was in grade school, like three two and a two three. Yeah. Uh, just for some reason, no coach ever wanted to play that, you know, over the last 15 years. And they've just played man-to-man the whole time. Uh, to me, that is a bunch of crap. And uh, the co- the offense is awesome in terms of, oh, they, they've got lots of fun design plays and, and you know, and great sets. But defensively, like, the, the this kind of miss is shocking to me. I'm, I'm glad, though, that it, it looks like, you know, after a few years here, it's, it's getting out of that again. Yeah. Uh, a few other... Pundits uh, claim that Jimmy Butler should have been a starter as well. Right. And that was the competition against Pascal Siakam. Would it be Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler or Pascal Siakam? Right. So at the time of the starter selection, I believe the Miami Heat were in second place in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the numbers behind the Miami Heat actually don't justify them being that good of a team. And additionally, just because of that, mm-hmm, Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. being the NBA All-Star starter. That he should be. That, that yeah. people believe he should be. Yeah. So, the Miami Heat this year, they're 7-0 and in overtime. Wow. That is just... That's crazy, actually. You can point to, well, hey, that's that, quote, clutch gene. Yeah. But it's just luck of the draw. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. It it's does. five minutes. Like, how you've, you've seen 20-0 runs in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's just luck that yeah. they won seven games in overtime. Uh, I think they're falling back to earth a little bit right now. They have been, that's right. They have been. Um, so did Boston as well for a little bit. Boston's still playing well. Their their point differential is still... Pretty good. I believe it's second or third in the NBA, their point differential. Whereas Miami's is not very high at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Miami Heat have two All-Stars. The Boston Celtics have two All-Stars. The Philadelphia 76ers have two All-Stars. Here's the interesting one that people didn't really think would make the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton made the All-Star game. Yeah, and I disagree with that. So you can disagree with it, but the NBA has a mandate that they yeah. want the successful teams to have All-Stars, right, right? right? So, hey, does Chris Middleton contribute more to team winning than a Bradley Beal? Then uh, who else missed the All-Star game? Zach Levine... Yeah, I mean any of those, yeah, those types of players. Beal, I struggle with a little bit just because he's really in the elite when it comes to scoring. Um, and then my thing with Middleton is not really that he's not a great player. I mean, he scored fifty 
you know, East were 51 nights, a few years yeah, nights ago. A few yeah, nights sorry. ago. Um, but the the Bucks live and die with Giannis, basically. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, that's the key to everything. For yeah, him. so, and you can see if his shot is not falling from the outside, you can make him disappear from a game. He's not fantastic at, at, at driving the ball. Uh, and I found actually last year in the playoffs, the Raps sort of relied on the fact that if Giannis is not going, we can we can sort of clamp down on him, you know, yeah. and not worry about the rest of the team that much. George Hill probably scared me more last year in the playoffs than Chris Middleton did. And George Hill, maybe it's just the Giannis effect. George Hill is shooting above 50% from three this year. He's, he's a really good fundamental player, meaning like yeah. it's a player that you would love in terms of depth on your team. Yeah, but he's not going to push the needle anywhere no but, right? but, but he's just but he's so reliable in terms of uh you know it he's he's not he's going to take like eight or nine shots in a game but you know he's going to hit probably more than 50 percent of them and if he has an open three he's a guy you can sort of count on to hit it maybe not at the end of the game but throughout the course of the game we're all as, thinking as, back as, to uh, that free throw yeah, uh, in as game as one of the 2018 out. nba finals yeah. i'm sure jr smith is also thinking about it uh but you know he he's a he's a reliable player. He's a he's a good sixth, uh, seventh, or eighth guy. Okay, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So, what did you think about the picks on the Western Conference side of things? Uh, Chris Paul mm. making the All Star game. I think it's well deserved by just OKC's position. Yeah. In the I, NBA, I don't. Yeah, I, I, they're a great surprise. Uh, I just uh, full disclosure. I have Dennis Schroeder on my fantasy team. I think I mentioned <laughs> it before. Yeah. But I do, and I think he, the you know, and Shea Gilgis uh, Alexander, he's playing awesome as well. So I don't, I don't think it's not uh, you know uh, justified. But I do think the West is just crazy. It's just crazy stack with guards. Uh, a mean. lot of people might have questions about any All Star in the West. Maybe someone else is better because the West is so deep. Mm-hmm. But then there's some players that people may not think about, like Rudy Gobert. He's right. a definite all-star. There's, yeah, regardless I mean, of what his numbers tell you, he only averages 16.5 points per game. Yeah. But his defensive impact on the game is second to none. Yeah, I mean, he, did he win Defensive Player of the Year last year as well? I, he won to back-to-back Defensive oh, Player did. of the Year. Um, if you look at his, his stats that we talked about before, offensive rating and defensive rating, he has an offensive rating 130. Wow. When he's on the court, they're scoring that much per 100 possessions and a defensive rating of 101. So they're plus 29 with Rudy Gobert, their net rating. Jeez. So there are some all-stars that you may not think contribute as much based on their raw numbers, but they are... uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to question a guy like, uh, you know, Anthony Davis. Or Luka Doncic Doncic. this year. But there might be some. Um, DeMantis Sabonis, that's another example People yeah. are like, why is he an all-star? Well, first, Indiana is way Doing better way than they're expected than, yeah. to do this year, especially without Victor Oladipo. Did you see Victor Oladipo's last second shot? No, I, I, I didn't his see it. His deep three to tie the game in his first game back. Wow, no, no, I, I so, haven't seen it. Dude, I got, I got to go watch it. I'm, I'm so happy for that guy, actually. Yeah, had a, Victor had a Oladipo and, and joining a great team. That's Question, should Russ uh, Westbrook be... <laughs> And I'll start. Well, his numbers are good this year. He's having 26.3 points yeah. per game. Like, yeah. 
I just say that his inefficiency Russell Westbrook is not my favorite player. Yeah. From the statistical side, he just puts up counting numbers and yeah. just yeah. numbers that are, I would say, selfish type of numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, is he an all-star this year? Well, Houston's still decently yeah, a they're good team. A, yeah, they're not a terrible team, obviously, this year. They're in the playoffs, in the West, in the thick of it. Brandon Ingram, that's a nice story. Uh, that's a nice story, time. yeah. He's being an all-star. Yeah. Uh, so, DeMantis Sabonis, that's that's the one that maybe some people might I look at yeah, and be, I don't, I don't is he an all-star? Pick. But do you know what DeMantis Sabonis is amazing at? Setting screens. <laughs> uh, he, I but believe, are any screens going to be set in the all-star game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is number one in the NBA mm-hmm. in screen assists, and screen assists are just points after screens. Right, right. And he's, at the same time, averaging 18 points, almost five assists, and 13 rebounds a game. Which is pretty impressive. And he can shoot a three. Like, right. he's an all-around player that helps in ways that might not show on the box score, but obviously they do a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't think of another forward in the East that would, you know, that would justify taking him out right that's, now. That's the difficult part. The, yeah. The East is kind of low on the depth. Especially at the players. forward position. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a guard and forward position. Guard less so, but yeah, just looking at the West, I mean, there it's nuts how many it's, guys you can yeah. pick from. Yeah. And across the board, the top six teams in the West, it's weird to say, I'm not saying that they all have the same chance, but you could see any one of them going to the NBA Finals. Oh, for sure, for sure. Any one of them. Um, and... They Even also, Dallas. They stack Dodgers up. is that good. They stack up well against each other, right? That's uh, right. I think Utah can beat the Clippers on any given day. I think the Clippers can beat the Lakers on any given day, and they have. I think the Clippers have the Lakers number. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I don't know for sure. There's something about that guy, Kawhi. Isn't yeah. There? There's something about him. That dude. And is. Denver, just yesterday, they beat Milwaukee. Just there's There's so much depth in the Western Conference that... I was talking with a couple of uh, buddies of mine. Actually, I don't know if I talked to you about this recently either. It's uh, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. Who yeah. looks like he's like legit. They, this is a guy that I think they're they're just sort of getting. We are all sort of just slowly getting a taste of what he can be. But if I'm a team, I do not want to face Denver because if they decide to let's say unleash him now late in the season and into the playoffs. Uh, this is a team that... They have so much depth. They have t- at every position. And I and they don't seem to be lacking for clutch players. Oh, no. They have Nikola Jokic. Regardless of what you want to say to about there, him yeah. this year, he's statistically the same player. <laughs> right? Like, he doesn't change. He scores, he rebounds, and he gets assists. And he's probably one of the top three big men passers. In the oh, league. for sure. Yeah. One of the best passers I've ever seen in my life, actually. Yeah, actually. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he, and for his athletic sort of build, you know, and the way he gets up and down the court, I mean, the IQ has to be sky high. Yeah, because, and you know that those type of players are the ones that succeed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, high IQ player. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, high IQ player. Yeah. It's just... Could do without the, the complaining on Kyle Lowry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's funny because Lowry has the inverse problem, which is that he's way smaller and undersized. Although he's a big dude, people forget yeah. that he's not. He's not. He's undersized compared to an average height. human being. He's yeah. a big dude. No, no, but I just oh, mean, like, just his, I mean, he's like he's, his heftiness. Yeah, he's a he's a bigger dude, so he doesn't get pushed around. Basically, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Taking charges, he doesn't get injured taking charges. Like that's one. That's another stat that Lowry I think leads the NBA in charges taken that people don't see. 
Yeah. Right? Dude, you know whose stats are just killing it over five games? Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. My, this is, Shooting this guy percentage. is a freak, man. He His is a rebounds, freak. The, like, I mean, you can see it. You can look at him and you absolutely know that he's going to tear apart the NBA. He, uh, like, in the preseason, they played Utah, and Gobert is playing full-up defense on him, and he went into Gobert two times down the floor in a row and made a layup. Two times on the defensive player of the year. Uh, the guy's shoulders, I, I think they're, they're two of my heads put together, I think, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's freaky, and his, his shooting numbers are, are unbelievable. Off, are like, Insane. He's only taken two threes though since since his first since game. Since that first game, move. four straight. Uh, but he doesn't need to. He really oh, no. doesn't. He can bully any single player in the NBA. He can bully inside. Even if you double him, he can he can sort of drive through both of you. And uh, now New Orleans is a freaky team and a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs either. For sure. I mean, sure he's still a rookie. He's still going to get have mistakes that experienced teams can capitalize. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the main thing. But over time, just in that five-game sample, mm-hmm. you can see how great Zion Williamson will be as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a big if, That's but his... man, is this... I, I have no idea what his ceiling is if he stays... Like, assuming he stays healthy, you know, this is one of those guys by the end of your career looking at him and thinking, my gosh. Because like, I've just never seen it. Uh, a, a player, player like that, this right? physical, Like, LeBron is a physically Maybe we have player. seen him with, with Shaquille O'Neal. Except he was a different player. Yeah, not not just athletically, right? Like, like Shaquille was athletic, but he really just sort of stayed in that low yeah. post. He, never he stayed in low post, and he it wasn't like he was sprinting up and down the floor, yeah. you know, doing windmill dunks or something like that. You know, you would never think, oh, Shaquille should be in a dunk competition or something along those lines. He never had that sort of athleticism. Zion Williamson, to me, you know, jumps around like Vince Carter sometimes, but he's. <laughs> He's the same height as Vince Carter. Oh, for sure. But yeah. he's about one point five times the width, <laughs> and, and 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 all in muscle. So, uh, d- dude, I, I love watching his highlights. It's freaky. It's re- it, like to me, he's just a freak. It's nuts. Uh, so I just want to end this off talking sure. about the All Star game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So just earlier this week, Kobe Bryant passed away mm-hmm. in a sad situation. Tragic accident. Tragic yeah. accident. Um, so the NBA All Star game is honoring him mm-hmm. in multiple ways. Some good ways, some ways that are kind of questionable. One way is that um, <laughs> one one of the teams are going to wear number twenty four for Kobe Bryant, all the players, and one of the teams are going to wear number two in honor of his daughter Gianna. Yeah, yeah. But here's where I think they could have decided to do something better: the format of the All Star Game. So every quarter is essentially a game. I see. So the first quarter is time 12 minutes. The winner okay. of the first quarter gives a certain amount of money to charity. I think it's okay. $300,000. I don't remember the exact amount. But they accumulate the score. So let's say in the first quarter, team Giannis scores 30 points. Mm-hmm. And Team LeBron scores 25 points. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then in quarter two, let's say it's 30 again and 25 again. Mm-hmm. So now the overall score at halftime is 60 to 50. Yeah, like any... Like a normal game. game. Yeah. And in the third quarter, let's say jo- uh, Team Giannis scores 20 points and Team LeBron scores 25 points. So that's now... 75 to uh, 80. 75 to 80. Yeah. Now at that point, the team that's leading in the fourth quarter has to score their total, which in this case is 80 points, mm-hmm. plus 24. So 104 points to win the game 
on an untimed clock. This is without 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 a game clock. What? And then now it's the first team that reaches 104. So one team oh. with 80 points versus okay, so one team with 75 more. points. Whoever has more. Whoever has more, it goes to 24 plus the score at the end of the third quarter, their total at the end of the third quarter. And both teams have to hit that mark in an untimed quarter. So you have to score 104 points then? Yeah. So regardless, let's say... Team, right, which is not so hard. I mean, they, they you know... I mean, for what, sure. They were they 200 game. and something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are just hypothetical numbers I just put out. Right, right, But let's say one team is down... But that's not, that's not unrealistic. That's not unrealistic, out. yeah. yeah. I mean, but let's say one team is down 50 points. Yeah. They'll have to score 74 points right. before yeah. they can win the game. Oh, if they're down... If they're down 50 yeah. points. Because right, it's 24 right. plus yeah, the yeah. leading team score. So I thought... It's a little complicated for an all-star game. Yeah, because in the end, like if we use your example, is that uh, they've got to score 104 points. Sorry. Yeah, they've got to score 104 points at the end of the game. There is no end. Whoever Meaning reaches like, 104 first wins the game. So yeah, so it's 104. That's the amount that they have to get at the end of the that's game. The so it's the, yeah. it's the leading team's total plus 24. 24. At the end of three quarters and an untimed fourth quarter. That seems way more convoluted. I than see than that they're necessary. trying to make it more competitive because all-star games just lack competition yeah, in every yeah. sport for the most part. Baseball has a little more competition, but everything else. Let's, the NFL has its all-star game. It's Pro Bowl a week before the Super Bowl. Just because they know. Just they, well, none of the Super Bowl players yeah. are going to show up to yeah, this thing. Exactly. Uh, but the NHL, they're having a similar problem with the NHL. They're starting, trying to... The players aren't going to it. Right? Ovechkin takes a suspension every year. He's like, oh, I'm not going. And, and this is his first game. Back. And Matthews was injured. Injured, but he went. But he went, um, but he didn't actually play in the but game. But he didn't play, yeah. There, it's definitely um, a problem. Dylan Larkin you know, said something along the lines of, you know, oh, gosh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go. Thank goodness, or something like that. When Ovechkin said that. And Larkin's a young player, too. I don't know what has gotten into them in that... It's for the fans, right? Exactly. So it mean, sh- they should be they putting should in be some pu- effort. Um, but I know. guess it's the, the culture of the All-Star game is, hey, we don't got to try, right? I don't know. I think that's just nonsense. Like, all uh, the dunk competition, if I take that as an isolated thing... I don't know if the star players are scared of being embarrassed or something. I feel like it is that. But, man, this is such an opportunity that's been missed. Jordan and Wilkins used to do it year after year. Spud Webb. Even if we think about the one that Vince Carter won. Even that recently, there was Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Steve Francis. Francis, uh, PJ, uh, PJ, Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse was in it. Um, Larry Hughes, I believe, was in it. Yeah, Larry Hughes was in it. Man, So there was was quite a few players who at least made all-star games in there. And they tried, though. Like, Carter put his, you know, giant effort into that. Same with Tracy McGrady. You see old highlights of it. They're amazing. But and now I feel honestly like, even the two years after that. So Jay Rich, he won back to back years. Some of those dunks were unbelievable. unbelievable. Desmond Mason, he might be one of the most underrated dunkers of all time. Uh, also unbelievable. Um, and then Dwight. See where it lost it. I think was when the, Dwight that and Nate, Nate Robinson. Dwight and Nate, like Nate, kind of was winning because he could do a dunk, which it was incredible. Uh, so I could understand winning one where he could do dunks, and he's five foot six. Uh, Listed at five nine, but yeah, probably five foot six. Dwight's. He was really creative one year, um, but I just 
think it became a show rather than for sure. impressive dunks. And then Nate Robinson, I think, won four of them or some crazy yeah, yeah. number. Uh, and then since then, other than that Zach Levine, Aaron yeah, Gordon one goodness. in Toronto. Yeah, that one it, was, it, it, yeah. The, the Zach uh, Levine, Aaron Gordon terrible. one, that was a, a, like a flashback. I think both were trying, then, yeah. right? which almost never happens. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you just need the competition. Yeah, to do I, it, right? yeah, yeah, I just miss the fact that they tried, I yeah. think, more than anything. Um. All right, well, uh, that again, the most convoluted all-star setup I've ever heard. But I'm, I hope I hope that they try hard, and I hope it'll be fun. Uh, we just finished the NHL all-star break. It was okay, forgettable, in my opinion. Just like every other uh, all-star let's, Yeah, let's just like every other one. Uh, hopefully, the NBA one is better. Uh, go Leafs, as they now, you know, uh, settle down, you know, put their heads down, start working overtime here to make sure they get into the playoffs. And also, of course, the Raps, they are chugging along. Hopefully, they keep beating these teams. I've noticed a small trend that they are struggling to close games comfortably when they should. But, uh, you know, knowing the nature of that team, I think they'll be all right. Anyways, I'm your host, Jer, with Adam here, my co-host, and we are signing off. Thanks, guys. Have a good week.